I want this to be a lost and found for the wandering soul. Think, if Peter Pan's Lost Boys went to a summer camp, I want this to be the conversations they would have sitting around a campfire. My point is, well, if you want to know my point, you're going to have to keep listening. Because I'm Bryce Hansen, and this is Figure It Out. Boys and girls, my next guest uh, honestly needs little to no introduction because, well, his name is on literally everything he does. Um, Starting off, though, from the Shazy Rural High School, you could find him either tearing up the golf course or making kids cry on the soccer pitch. From there, he went off to SUNY Plattsburgh, where, yeah, he had a major in global supply chain management. Definitely making that work now as he is a absolute rock star making the family business his own as a local realtor honestly he's on his way to being plattsburgh's own ryan saran if you don't know what i mean by that you're missing out all that to say ladies and gentlemen please welcome at galen trombley <laughs> that's, that's a hell of an intro right there yes i uh when you said tearing up the golf course i'm glad you 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 went with um, what is it? High school? Cause right now I did play today and I actually literally tore up the golf course, meaning like a lot of divots, not very good shots. Well, I might owe money to bluff just for like some maintenance fees after uh, I was oh, off the course. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, that, that's why I said it because see, if you know someone golfing, you say that they tear up the course, that's one of two things. Either they went really low or they legitimately tore up the course. And I've been at both ends of the spectrum in my life. So this okay. is this, I'm trying to find my way back to the, I guess the good tearing of, up of okay. the golf course. So, well, I'm not going to lie. I really like that you appreciate the introduction because coming into this, one of the things I wanted to do was to be sure that I had good introductions for everyone. I talked to. <laughs> that might wind up turning into like a, something that was too big to the, chew on. The, uh, but for now, we're doing it. The supply chain management, that was good. Not many people know I have that degree. Yes. Which well, I, I, I... Well, I, I, I was thinking, you know, it, it, it's interesting for, for up here, um, where we are, that certainly makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one where that major fits into our local economy really, really well. But it's just another cool example to me of, you know, taking a lot of what you learned in a given degree and applying it elsewhere. Um, like, for a while, I was almost kind of, like, skeptical about you know, degrees almost in a way like who knows if you're actually going to use it. But then there's just so many the intangible things that you do use, uh, like critical thinking, mm-hmm. writing, speaking, all that, that if you are garbage at, you're not going to go anywhere in business. Yeah. Gl- global supply chain management is basically supply chains. Like you said, we, uh, we have a lot of manufacturing companies locally and the whole idea was to go into that, but now taking stuff away from that, like you said, it's more of like systems, it's more logistics, it's more lean. Like uh, yeah. you're trying to focus on what's the what's the um, the biggest bang for your buck and the best use of your time, and that's stuff that I'm always constantly trying to like utilize and fix it and figure out because life's gotten busy over the last couple of years and um, just figuring out like how everything works. Which actually we'll go into your questions, but like the uh, the whole idea of trying to like maximize my time, my efficiency, get the max production out of my day. Um, that's, like I said, that's something I take away from supply chain and I'm always kind of going back and I'm fascinated when I look at other companies 
that, especially in the supply chain field and kind of seeing what their leaders think and what they're kind of focused on and trying to find the parallels to bring back to my company, even though we're not production, it's more of a service, but it's still, there's a lot of parallels when you get to business. So yeah, and you still have to be organized and have someone manning the ship and there being a direction. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, it would just be in circles. I mean, it's like sitting across the ocean and accidentally winding up in America when you think you're in India. I mean, it worked out for like a couple of people. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. Out for a lot of people. I was so. going to say, it's a good surprise, I guess. Probably not at the time, but. Hell no. All right. But yeah, so I mean, once again, this is Figure It Out. And on this show, pretty simple. We answer three questions. We look to answer three questions. Um, and that's just what have you figured out? What are you figuring out? And what might you never figure out? And I like to tackle them in that exact order. Okay. So number one, Mr. At Galen Trombley, what have you figured out? Um, so when you sent me these questions, so my initial thought went to more like business life, like overall. So figuring out, it took me a second because I think I'm always trying to get better at certain things and you can always learn different subjects. Uh, I'm going to probably piggyback off two of them. One's a little more broad, one's a little more specific to my industry. Um, first off specific to my industry is I have figured out. I guess just real estate. Like I know it sounds crazy, but I've been doing it for 11 years. And when you get into real estate, there's so much, there's so many things to learn. There's a lot of nuances and a lot of it has to deal with how you communicate with people, how do you, you know, read people and how you, um, you know, figure out and problem solve out of situations that takes a lot of skills. So as I'm teaching new agents to come on, like you're teaching them like the, the one-on-one, the ABCs of real estate, but that that's great. You learn that, but then it's all the intangibles that you really can't teach. You have to learn and kind of like you, you get, you, you know, you get a people giving advice and you kind of, but a lot of it's experience and you're kind of going off of that. So a decade of doing one thing all the time, every single day, gets you really good at one thing all the time, every single day. So like, that's something I think I have figured out. Um, one of my, my goals 10 years ago when I got into business was at the 10 year mark. So by the time I was 30, so my, basically my 30th, year of life. It's also, it was also my 10 years of real estate. I wanted to be the top salesperson in the area uh, for real estate. And that was a goal. It took a long time to uh, kind of figure out how to do it because when I set that goal, I was brand new. And in my head, I went to, okay, there's 150 agents on our board. I'm 150 right now. How do I become number one? So it's how can I be more in demand? How can I be more, have more clients? How can I figure out how to go from literally lowest person on the totem pole to the very top and figuring that out over 10 years. That was like the goal. That was the challenge. That was what I woke up every day. Long-term goal was that's where I want to go. Now my goals have changed from there. Um, I mean, I, so I did accomplish that. So that was a goal of mine. I accomplished it year 10, age 30. So that was like something I guess I can just check off of the box of like, Hey, you did hit a goal. But in order to do that, I had to figure out how to do real estate, um, at least in our local market and what worked and yes. how to position myself. So I did that, but then my goals have changed. So I'd say figuring it out is that I did figure out. And the rest of my goals is going to answer, go into part two and three of your questions. Yeah. But that's from a real estate standpoint, that's something I did figure out how to do. I'm trying now to replicate that and, and mentor younger agents and saying, listen, I got the playbook. I can give you the playbook. I can, like I can teach you how to do what I did because it's not rocket science. And honestly, 
I know people say it's cliche, but if I can do it, anybody can do it. You truly can because I knew nothing when I got into real mm-hmm. estate. And um, I wasn't given – I had mentors and stuff. My dad's been in it for a long time, but things were changing as I came in and he's been in it. But from when he was my age to where I am now, the, you know, the world's changed in regards to real estate. So I had to kind of reinvent a lot of things um, in that time. And a lot of that was just me putting my you know head down and learning and just understanding and trying to grasp what I could and make sense of all this information. Um so that was that was cool. Now, what I figured out, I guess, that piggybacks off that, but would probably apply to a lot of people, is I really figured out how to be comfortable being myself. Um, when I got into real estate, when I got into the professional setting, I was very stiff. I was very. Mm. Um, so you got to think. So I'll back up a little bit. When I came into real estate, I was twenty years old, twenty one. I just I had just turned twenty one. So. I was still in college at the time. My dad had been in real estate since the 80s. So at the time, you know, we're talking 25 years or so. And I was going into a professional setting as a 21-year-old still in college where I now had to deal with other realtors who were now considered my peers who I had grown up hearing about, more so about last name first. Like, do I call this agent Mr. Mrs. So-and-so? Because I had heard my dad talking to these people for 15, 20 years right. as, a, as a kid going in and all of a sudden being like, I'm, I'm now peers with adults, which is, right. for me was a very trippy thing to get over because I always just thought like kid, adult, kid, adult. Exactly. And when the line started to blur, which is pretty much college and getting out of college, that was something I had a hard time separating and had a hard time graduating into adulthood um, because I felt fine around peers. Um, I felt very uncomfortable with people older than me. Um, and again, when you're in, think about when you're in high school, the kids that are your age are very comfortable with. Kids yeah. even two grades above you seem like they're they're like untouchable. Like they're these people that are just so far beyond yes. you that they're intimidating. Even if you're you know a freshman in high school, a senior in high school is is someone who's intimidating. And they're they're three oh, years three years my older. God, my God, the senior athlete is a god. Yes, and the senior well, whoever she is. Like the senior smoke show, yeah, is like well, this untouchable thing. Yeah, think about college girls when you're in high school. Now yeah. I look at college girls, I'm like, God, they're just young kids. You yes. know what I mean? And my wife's six years older than me, so to put that in perspective, we always joke when she was a senior, I was in sixth grade. Yeah. So now, obviously, like 15 years later, that definitely helps the age bracket thing. You know, as we've gotten older, but um, that was always something I had to get over, and it took me till about let me see, 2011, I got in, so 2000. Let's say let's let's call it 2014, 15, somewhere in that range. So it's probably starting my like fourth or fifth year of real estate. I finally got over the hump and said, "Hey, I have to. I want to just like have more fun. I, I don't like being stiff. I want to goof around. I want to joke around with people. I want to like just kind of be off the cuff and have a good time and make the day enjoyable and not feel like I'm, you know, that it, I don't know. Just not. I I like having fun when I work. So mm. I ended up acting. A little bit more myself, I found that I joked around more. I was joking around more with agents, joking around more with attorneys, joking around more with lenders. And at the end of the day, everybody wants to have fun. I yes. hate going into business. I mean, I, if I go to a business after hours, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to bust. I'm going like, to bust on you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have fun. I'm not going to try to go and be like talk business at these things. Like to me, I would rather talk to you about golf and then just trust that Bryce is someone that I respect, I trust, and if I need him for – professional work that's a guy that i can stand behind because i know if he's like that in real life meaning off the clock kind of thing he's going to carry that into his professional life and that's that's some, something i've always looked at over the last probably five to six years is 
if people can get to know Galen as the person and get an understanding and build a relationship with Galen, not Galen the realtor, but just Galen the person, that if they need me for real estate, they're going to be like, you know what? I'm comfortable with that guy. He's someone yes. that I, I trust. And through success and obviously social media allowing me to magnify success, that builds more success. And they say he also has a track record. So that's something that I think part of like becoming a, you know, the top agent, but also being from a mental standpoint of getting over the hurdle of like, not only are these peers, but I belong with these people. And I've also put in the time effort and I've, I've earned the right to basically stand at that level and say, no, I'm amongst the best we have in the area. Um, and that's something that it's, it takes time, but it was kind of the confidence I had to build in myself. A thousand so, percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. And that one resonates a lot because I actually thought about this and talked about this um, just a little bit on that other little podcast we were talking about, my little road time, um, that that was something that I struggled with. And so, you know, I was at Northern Insuring and then left Northern Insuring thinking it was insurance, but it wasn't at all. It was me, not them. It's like Mm -hmm. that rom-com cliche, it's not you, it's me. Mm -hmm. Well, that's literally what it was. And what I realized is that I wasn't settled into being myself and then an insurance agent. I was trying to be the all-star stud insurance salesperson. And that wound up trying to be more like, even like, as wild as it sounds, even like TV characters, Mm -hmm. like Harvey Specter from Suits, Um, any of those people. And clearly... If you meet me and talk to me, you realize I am absolutely none of those. Mm -hmm. Like I do a good job in what I do. I like to have a lot of fun too, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to come across as that monster alpha male sales guy. Mm -hmm. Because even though in the back of my head, I would love to be that, that's not who I am. And so finally, the second time around, same thing. I was able to settle in more to me, which then allows you to be more genuine Mm -hmm. because you finally actually are being genuine. It's no, it's no act. You're not reading off of a script and it helps to lower that imposter syndrome about like, I don't know if I, you know, should be here, especially when you're redefining relationships and how hard that is. Like you said, stepping out of college at that point, you're just known as, you know, so-and-so's son. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just, you know, his kid. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm in this, I'm doing this. Um, so that's really interesting to hear you talk about that just in terms of settling into your own yeah. And figuring out how to do that and then how quickly that could it, snowball. I think it was hard to do at first. And I remember a lot of it had to do with I was starting to meet some people, which was good. I started you know, meeting some people and I could like just have, there were people I just had fun with. And then I kind of snowballed that into meeting more people. And then I realized that just being Galen was enough and mm. kind of the idea, like now I, like you mentioned Ryan Serhan, I think fantastic guy. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff, but I'm not the suit and tie. Like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I'm, I'm very basic dressed. I like to have fun. I'm not too, like, I'm not like cutthroat negotiation person. Like I have a lot of respect for the other agents I work with. And I find that, you know, real estate to me is you're trying to fight, you're trying to solve a problem for both buyer and seller. I might represent one or the other, but in order for the deal to come together, all of us have to be in agreement. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. Right. My thing is I'm not going to sit there and you know, fight someone or get you know, bicker over small items or terms and stuff. It's like, what's our main focus? What's, what's our goal? What's like, kind of like, let's not win the battle and lose the war. It's like, let's, what's that main thing we have to accomplish? Yes, there's going to be hurdles. There's gonna, you, have to, you're gonna, you might have to compromise on some stuff. But at the end of the day, what's our main prize? What are we really working towards? And I find 
if and there's some agents around here that are really really good at that and those are the ones i love working with it's like hey let's let's put two heads together and problem solve and not sit there and try to one up the other person i'm like you're missing the point and there are agents that do that and it's like those are the ones you want to kind of you know almost want to shake and say like what what do you why are you in this because you're not working for the betterment of the client and i think if both if all of us can kind of just work and be ourselves and have fun and just kind of make it hey let's work together solve a problem and the problem being someone wants to buy a home someone wants to sell a home let's make sure we can get some kind of mutual beneficial grounds help people accomplish that because we have the knowledge to do so um and get to that next level and i think what you had said before about being authentic if you act yourself and you you don't try to um the imposter syndrome you don't try to you know fake it till you make it kind of deal and just say hey this is myself if i don't know something and this, i was this is something i did as a young kid and i you know i try to, to uh, teach newer agents if you don't know something tell people you don't know it and just say you'll get the answer yeah and then ask someone that does it's not doesn't mean you're not good i said i would have more respect for someone if they said hey listen i'm not totally sure but let me verify before i give you wrong information yes versus try to throw something out at me to make it me appear that you know what you're doing Correct. because you're trying to and that's something I never did. And even to this day, it's like, hey, I think it's this, but don't quote me. Let me look. Let me ask somebody that I, I, I trust that I know will know the answer, um, and I'll get back to you tomorrow. And then I, I know there's a book behind me that was given to um, to me by a, a colleague, and it said because I said I would. And that's the whole thing. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you say you're going to do something by tomorrow, by tomorrow, do it by tomorrow. Don't do it by you know three days later exactly. because you forgot and weren't organized. So that's something that you know be authentic, but also say what you're going to do. And, you know, if you are authentic, there's, there's a, something powerful about never having to question your motives and never having to question your intent. And I'm a big intent guy. Um, one of the, I think the best key, of, key to, um, key to advice, key of advice, advice, my, whatever my, the advice my, my dad gave me when I got into real estate, he goes, if you can go to bed at night, knowing you did the right thing, then you're fine. There's, you don't have to question yourself. You don't feel guilty. And I, I've always taken that into every single situation I've ever dealt with. And this is personal, this is business, this is relationships, anything is that I might not make the best decision. I might make um, the wrong decision. I might upset somebody, but at the end of the day, if I was doing it with the right intent and at the time, based on my knowledge, my, myself, whatever, that was the output. Yes. I can live with that. And if I do something to piss you off and I find out that, ah, man, I really made Bryce upset, but did I do anything wrong? And I could say, well, I, I get his point of view. I get why he disagrees with me or is upset. But honestly, I think I'm acting in the right way. Then I'm fine. I, I, I feel bad that you might be upset. But at the end of the day, I can live with it. And I can say, you know what? It is what it is. If he doesn't like it, then I'm not going to change it. Because that was that was the that was the call I went with. And that yep. was um, now if I did something and I was like, man, I really didn't. I really undermined Bryce on that situation. I have a guilty conscience. So like that would eat at me for, I mean, that would make me sick to the point where I get um, anything that I do. If I really think I acted in the wrong way, I'm going to be someone to say, Hey, listen, I was wrong. And I'm not always right. I'm wrong a lot of times, but again, if my belief was that I did it with the right intent, then I'm fine. And well, that makes it, it makes the moving forward easier in whatever I don't dwell on stuff. Correct. Look like. correct. Yeah. You can sleep at night. Next time you see that person, wherever it is, it's not going to be awkward for you at least. No. Because part of that is, some, I mean, someone's reaction to something is always bringing in their perspective mm -hmm. and their literally life of experience that's given them X mindset. Mm -hmm. So something that you do to someone might piss them off. Someone you might, something you might say to someone else might just be a joke. Mm -hmm. 
So some of it sure is you, but a lot of the onus on a reaction is on that person to react that way. So you can't carry the weight of how someone else reacted if your intentions were not to, you know, hurt anyone. Yeah. And if someone was, if I've gotten a situation like that, like say, take you for an example, if I said something and it made you mad, I'd be like, Hey man, I didn't mean that. This is what I meant by it. I'm sorry. And you could give me your piece. And typically if you have a communicate or conversation like that, the communication is, Oh no, that's not exact. That's totally not what I meant. I meant this. And then you can see it from my perspective where it was like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. Maybe you reacted or spun it or, or maybe you just heard it a different way. Yes. But a lot of it is I can live with it. And I, I try, obviously, I don't want to like piss people off. And like, I never, I never go with the intent ever to hurt someone or, or do something that's going to be negative on someone else. Um, so I, I will try, like, if it's a friend and I say something, I'll be like, hey, what did I upset you? Like, is there, and if whatever they said was like, well, that's on you. Like, if that's a reaction or some way you're spinning it, I can't help you there. I'm mm -hmm. fine with it. But um, a lot of it though, is if you do it with the right intent, then you don't yes. question yourself later. And I think that's exactly. huge. Yeah. Exactly. And it makes that conversation easier, the conversation yeah. you have with the person easier. Mm -hmm. Because for some reason, a lot of people don't like even doing that anymore either. It's very difficult to have that. Well, my motive's pure at that point. I'm Correct. not. I'm not. I'm not sitting there trying to undermine you or do something. Yeah. It's like no, no, that that's not like yeah. totally not what I was. Intending. Yeah, you're not on Real Housewives. Yeah. No. 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 I'm. A, I'm a very uh, unscripted person. Yeah. 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 Off the cuff. So you figured out a lot. A lot, Some. to say the least. Business and personal, you're getting for your bang for your buck if you click play on this one. Um, what are you figuring out? Okay, so this is a good question. So when I did the first part, this is why I actually like the three questions because it's a good segue into each. So what I'm trying to figure out right now is, so goal number one that I had for 10 years was a very self-centric uh, self goal, meaning it was me. Sure. My goals have changed. They're now involved more people. They've involved more influence. They involve more um, benefit to more people than just myself. Now, that was never a goal 10 years ago because I hadn't really, again, I call it earn the right. I hadn't put in the, I haven't put in the sweat equity to get to the point where I could have these goals because I was still like a very, very small fish. Um, so now I've, as I've grown and my goals have become bigger, the one thing that I'm trying to figure out and this has been a big struggle lately, and I'm really trying to focus on this, is how do I get more time in my day and how do I put more focus on the things I need to focus on? So what I mean by that is, and I had a conversation with one of my really good friends and business mentors a couple weeks ago, and he goes, okay, he goes, where were you like three, four years ago? And I kind of said like, okay, this is what I was doing for work. This is what I was doing, you know, this, this was my responsibilities in the company. This is how many agents we had. This is how many kids we had, like me and my wife. Um, and I kind of looked at it. It was like, okay, that's great. Now, what did you do last year? Like I almost, at, based on the two things, I had almost doubled my own production. Our agents were doubled. Our company had doubled. Our kids had doubled, tripled, whatever. We had three kids now. I think I had one back at the time okay. or, or expect uh, one on the way. Yep. So I kind of looked at all this and he's like, dude, he goes, you were able to do everything because three, four years ago, you had half of everything. Now you have double of everything and now you're wondering where your time went. I know where it went. You have all this other stuff on your plate. So my focus now is how do I get time during the day to what I call quiet time, think time, plan time. Like I'm a very big 
um, if I'm thinking and trying to implement stuff, so there's in business and on business. In business is in meetings, showing houses, listing property, calling clients. That's in business. You're working in your business. On your business is quiet time, not no responsibilities, no podcasts, no um, you know client meetings, anything like that. And I'm purely sitting down, pen and paper, computer, whatever, at my desk, thinking, working on projects, strategizing, reading up on stuff. I need more of that in my day because when I – my goal is to be number one. I did it. I figured that out. That included a lot of face-to-face with people. That included a lot of meetings. That included a lot of you know running around to appointments and everything else. But now I've almost had to get to the point where I have to graduate and I have to be okay with letting go of some of the stuff delegating it, handing it off, um, trusting others to do so because where my energy time focus needs to be is on like the second tier or next level up in order to hit the goals that I want to hit. Mm-hmm. It's not doing the same stuff I did for 10 years. Some of that I still have to do, but I really have focused on, um, you familiar with the, uh, 80, 20 rule. Yes. So my biggest thing is how do I get rid of that 80? And really focus on the 20. Yeah. And I had to break down my 20%. And my 20% not does not include a lot of the stuff that I did from zero to 10 years. Okay. It includes some, but a lot of that 20% is now next higher level stuff that I need to be doing for the company, not for Galen. So a lot of it is I have to step away from client appointments. I have to step away. And yes, is that might take a little bit of a financial hit, or is that going to take a little bit of a, of a, you know, it's going to take a step back overall, but I know it's going to propel me three, four steps forward. Fair. So for me, it's like, how do I take a step sideways? Not take a step sideways, even take a step sideways and slightly back, knowing that I've hit a wall and knowing I have to then pivot to grow to the next level. I'm really, really in a mindset right now of how can I find more efficiency in my day? How can I free up time in my day? How can I punt opportunities because I have to focus on that 20%. And that's the stuff that has been something I've been trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. It's not great. Toss in, I'm very, you know, I have three kids and a wife that I try not to take time away from, and nor do I want to. I mean, you're a father, and it's like seeing your kids and spending time with your kids is like the most fun thing. It's, yes. it's a blast. And I, that's also something is that how do I continue to grow and maximize my time and maximize my production and accomplishments by not taking away my family and my health? And those are the two things that typically get punted and have gotten punted and more so health than, than family. I've really tried not to affect the family, uh, meaning my weekends are pretty much family. My evenings, I've, for real estate, a lot of stuff is weekends and evenings. And yeah. I've been very lucky to position myself in a spot where I can leverage other people to help me out on those times so I can it's family time. It's not go it's not go play golf. It's not go to the bar. It's not go do all this stuff. It's learning so I can go home and see the kids and my wife. And that's that's parameters I've put on my life also, which has made the time thing obviously very tight. So it's trying to figure out how can I sleep enough throughout the day? How can I get exercise back in my schedule? How can I make sure that I can put the kids to bed and I get to spend some time at night with them and how do I get to spend the you know, the weekends with them and doing stuff around the house and seeing my wife and not compromising on that. But then, okay, now what is my week time? Okay. And then also figuring out where's my, where's my quiet time where in the quiet time is not sit there and watch TV. Quiet time is where can I sit and be productive and work on the business 
work on myself, work on different stuff to make me better and self-improvement. Yes. Um, trying to find all that in a normal, whatever it is, seven, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week kind of thing has been tough. I'm much clearer where I am now at now than I was even three weeks ago. Like three, four weeks ago was rough, man. I had like a two week spurt where I was oh, like, no. dude, I was like, man, I got to figure this out. Okay. And I'm a very optimistic person, but I was sitting there, I was stressed and I was like, dude, I have too much on my plate. I have I, I, the stuff I want to do. I have no time for yep. the, um, I'm not working out. I'm not like, I'm sleeping six hours a night, you know, six to six and a half hours a night. All this stuff that I really had to look and reflect a couple weeks ago and say, listen, what's, what's important? What do I need to do? And what are you willing to give up in order to make that happen? And that was stuff that I am figuring out. It's better than it was a couple of weeks ago, yeah. but I, it definitely fits into figuring out oh, yeah. because I have not figured it out yet. Yeah, because now you're going through a similar but different to when you first got in. Yes. Because now you are re... Because now, again, it's that, um, it's that challenging relationships, right? Like mm -hmm. it, it's similar to um, like when a toddler goes and spends time with aunt or uncle there's going to be sometimes very predictably where they act out because all they're doing is they're testing boundaries mm -hmm. the interesting thing about something like this when you are an adult and doing it and you have all this responsibility that you do the challenging boundaries a lot of that is all internal oh like what yes. you just said a hundred percent of what you were talking about is internal it's 100%. an internal struggle it's an internal mm -hmm. test we're redefining who you are to what people mm -hmm constantly but again the the challenging part is that i mean yes as a five-year-old you'd get put in time out if you pick up and throw your lego at aunt deborah mm -hmm. okay we I mean we can't do that that's a no-go even if you're at aunt deborah's house um at the same time now you don't have someone doing that for you anymore it's all on you so you have to take on even more of that responsibility to help push yourself forward and yeah, and, and that's really interesting because in terms of time, the only thing you can do is either create more time, which means sleeping less mm -hmm. by waking up earlier, um, which isn't sustainable, or reallocating time, and that's getting comfortable with punting, mm -hmm. which, I mean, come on. Americans love football, and we love watching football. No one likes to punt. Yep. So it's a tough thing to do. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's trying to find... It's a little, it's chaotic. I mean, I know there's some stuff, but a lot of it, like you said, is internal, meaning why am I doing all this? It's because of goals I have. Who's setting those goals? I am. Yes. It's not, nobody's forcing me to do any of this. Correct. My, my day, literally I work for myself. So I can see myself and assessing myself and not, say I got up and I had a bad day or I had a bad morning. I don't beat myself up and say you're a loser. Like I, I look at it and say, like, you know what? That wasn't the best use of your time. That wasn't, maybe that wasn't the thing you should have focused on that day but tomorrow's a new day, you know, and, and it, that's literally how my life, I feel. It's like, I could have a bad day, could have a bad moment. I could have a bad conversation. I could have, um, a lot of stuff. And it's like, you know what, I, you learn from it and then I can't change the past. So it's like, okay, learn from it and make just next decision, just make it a good decision. And that's a lot of things I, I really try to look at, um, take, I mean, again, we, we both play golf, but it's like, if you have a bad hole, I've always been very good at like, if I have a bad hole, it was a bad hole and I have another tee shot to hit and now I have my next shot to play or even a bad shot. Yes. And that's how I look at life is that I don't get upset or worked up easily over things because a lot of it is I have full control over what I want to do and you always have options. You yes. know, and even if your option is you don't like the options, we'll pick the lesser of the 
two bad options and just trying to work your way, work your way to have good options or whatever it might be. And I think a lot of it is just putting your, your foot, your next foot forward. So like for me, a lot of these problems are internal problems, but I look at it as it's a puzzle I have to solve. It's a jigsaw puzzle. I'm moving pieces around to figure out, you know, how to get to the next level. And it's difficult. It's not easy. It's not, um, nor do I want it to be easy. I like the challenge. I mean, I do get ex- like, as much as I want to just figure it out, it, there is some satisfaction to like, like figuring it out, you know, and there is some satisfaction mm. to, um, man, we have a problem, but isn't it going to like, and this is my, my eyes, I'm a very long-term thinker thinker. So I look at it as even if I have a problem, I see so vividly the, the future outcome that I'm like, it's going to feel so good when I figure this out and I can get to that level. Okay. Yeah. But it is figuring it out, and yeah. I'm in that figuring it out mode right now. Yeah, but there's a part of you that digs it. You dig the I journey like, of it. I like um, my goals. I have goals written out all the way basically till I die. I know it sounds weird, but I have like 50, 60-year 50, 60 goals. And people always say, well, how do you – I don't know how you write a 50- or 60-year goal. Now, I want to preface that with those 50- or 60-year goals are are very general broad themes yeah they're not i'm going to live here do that make this much no that those are all smaller goals and those goals typically my number goals end at about five years meaning even beyond that even 10-year goals um like my 10-year goal was to be the number one realtor the my 10-year goal wasn't to sell a certain amount of homes my certain goal wasn't you know a certain amount of volume that would figure itself out when the time came. I just said, what do I have to do to position myself to be in that position? Um, and then it got to be like, okay, every year I know number-wise what I want to grow each year. And hopefully at the end of 10 years, that is enough to say I'm number one. It wasn't 10 years saying I'm going to sell whatever I sold last year, 10 million whatever in volume. That number was not in my head 10 years ago. It was what do I have to do to be number one knowing that those – more specific numbers. I didn't know how many houses I would have to sell but to be number one. It took, I had to sell 66. That was the best what I had to hit last year. That that could have been 55. That could have been 78. I don't know when, right. when the goal was made, but the goal was a general theme for 10 years. My, my goals that I have and the stuff that I'm working on now, it's like they're so long-term, but they're, they're themes. And that's where I picture in my head the climb to get that. So you talk about do I like the, do I like the challenge, the struggle? Yeah, because I, my every day my goal is to get better. Every day is my is the goal is to learn. It's to be, you know, I the the thing is those long term goals are broad goals. I will never, I will never actually accomplish because the broad goals are when I get to that level, they can always get bigger. They can always get better. They can always yeah. So like a. So again, it kind of leave it vague, a cliffhanger. My my sixty plus year goal, whatever, because I'm thirty one, so sixty years, I'll be ninety. So say seventy. Say I'm a hundred years old. Whatever, how long I can physically do this for, to the point where either I physically, like mentally and physically, can do it, or I don't want to just like change the goal, is I want to build up enough. Um, whatever you want to call it, resources, relationships, wealth, um, influence, um, uh, take any resource you can gather over how many years, because I want to dump everything back into the community and build the community up. So when I talk about 
building up the North Country. We talk about local matters as a theme. My goal is to put is to take the North Country from here to like as far as I can take it in my lifetime, and then hopefully establish building blocks and establish opportunity and establish um, resources for the next generation, our children, to then if they want to take that baton and run with it. Mm -hmm. And that is the goal. And when I say there's no end in sight, is because when I'm 90, it could look really cool. I guarantee you by 91, I'm still going to be doing something to make something a little bit better, a little yeah. bit better. So when I say it's never, I'll never accomplish it. And I'm fine with that is because then I get to spend my whole life working towards that, knowing that every day I do it, it's fun. It's like, it's fun. I, I like doing that stuff. And yes. like a podcast with you, build a relationship with you, which builds a relationship with maybe someone, maybe one person on this listens to it and says, you know what, that's really cool. And maybe it sparks a fire on them to do something. It doesn't have to be to build up the North country. It could be to something else, but if they're making a better impact on the day or becoming a better person, then I look at that as like, it's coming full circle and everybody's just slowly getting better, cut the negativity, keep being positive, keep helping each other out, build each other up. And that's, that's why the, I like that challenge. And that's why why do I stress so much about stuff now? It's because that's something I really want to accomplish. And I look at it as if I, it's more of a small mindset. It's like if I punt it today and I'm like, you know what? I don't have to work that hard today on it. And that's fine. One day is not going to make a difference over how many years. But to me, it's the mindset of if I let myself slip for a day, then I let myself, then am I comfortable letting myself slip for two days? Exactly. What, and then, what habit do you want? Yeah. Or what do you want to be consistent? Mm -hmm. Hitting snooze or getting up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I work towards every day. And I, it's, it's internal. It's a hundred percent internal, but it's something I really want. It's something that I value. It's something that makes me excited, makes me smile, makes me happy. And I work every day towards it. And same thing with my kids. Like I work every day as being a parent. Can I get better? Hell yeah. I can always get better, but it's, I'm trying the best I can. I make mistakes. I do stuff. Crap. And I, I, I look at myself as a father too. And, and, study myself and say, should I have done that? Should I have done that different? Should I have handled that situation differently? Not that I beat myself up over it, but can I get better? So my, I'm better for my kids. I'm better for my wife. I'm better for my friends. I'm better for my company. I'm better for my clients. Like all that stuff is I, I try every day to get better at everything Yes. and I'm not perfect. And I find everybody has flaws and I, and I accept those flaws, but it doesn't stop me from having the mindset to improve. And yes. that's something I don't want to give up is the, the, um, the want wanting to improve. Yes. mindset and that's something that it's yeah it, that i think is very good and i think that's very good for you specifically because you can tell in listening to you that there's an absolute hamster wheel upstairs oh the, yeah. six inches between your head so for there to be a direction but a direction centered around positivity mm -hmm. is huge for your mental health otherwise it would be oh that's well, like exciting to listen to, but that's like tiring to listen to. Not in a bad way. Not like yawn boredom because your eighth grade algebra teacher only uses that damn. Holy shit, I forgot what they were called. They're not even the PowerPoints. You know the things? Uh, uh, not the projector. I know what you're talking about. But the thing lit up and you put the sheet on you it. You put the sheet. And uh, math was the only one. The where laminate sheet and you put on it. and Math you could write was the only it. one that would put the clear thing down and just write on it and yeah. then erase it. Everyone yep. else had like pictures, yeah. but math, it would just be the same clear what one those called? that wasn't even clear anymore because they erased all the colors. So it's like brown and you can't see it because it's all smudgy. Purple. And every once in a while, they spray some Windex on it and actually clean it yes. up. Um, what the hell all I can think called? of is projector, but I know that's not well, it. It was the projector, but I forgot what they called the actual yeah. sheet they put on it, but I know the analogy. But anyway, yes. you know, if you're listening, you know what we're talking about. Um, but 
yeah, it's like not not tiresome. I mean, sitting through one of those is just tiresome and things like that. Wow, there's a lot going on upstairs. The, and for you to be like, I guess, down with it and okay with it is I would really, get, really important. I would get bored. I, I'm a very long-term person, but my day-to-day is very chaotic. Yeah. And it's like, go, 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 go all the way from morning to night. Then it's, but knowing I'm not looking at the stuff to be accomplished in a year. Like I, the goals I have are always long-term goals and I set them because I want to make sure they're realistic. If I like, if I said I want to be the number one agent in one or two years, it's not going to happen. No. 10 years, that's, it's going to take work, but I know if I put the work in, I can accomplish it in that time period. So a lot of my goals are longer term goals, but that doesn't mean that my day to day is not scrambling because I know it's like, well, I just don't want to waste time and I have to get it done, have to get it done. Um, one thing I want to ask you, I'm going to ask you a question. Hopefully we have enough time for this, but the, we've talked about this before. Um, the mental health side of things, like this is something when I talked to a couple of weeks ago, I was getting burnt out because not that I didn't like what I was doing, but I was, I was so stressed because I was like, okay, family work, like what am I punting? I'll tell you what I'm punting right now. It's like, I don't work out. I love working out. I, Something I've got to get back in my schedule that I did for years and years and years. Well, when the, when life got busy and work got busy and I had more kids and that got busy and it's like something had to give and that's been that's been giving. Sleep has been giving and that's not good. And it's like finding, you know, I used to work, kids would go to bed. I would work at night from like 9 to 11 and not think twice about it. Now 9 o'clock, my mind is just completely fried and yeah. I want to go to bed. Then. I look at it, that's not a bad thing. It's just I, my bandwidth is completely done by the end of the day. My decision-making, my parenting, my whatever, and really trying to figure out, like I, I said, I went golfing this morning. Now, when I talk about putting time into my week, there's three things I want to put into my week. It is family, it is work, and it is like my mental like stuff for myself yeah. that I look at just as important as anything else. I can't punt going why why spend four hours this morning going golfing even though we went early but why would i spend most of my morning going golfing because i like it and it's fun and i went with people that i enjoy and i didn't think about work and i didn't think about anything i had to get done at the house i, I just could go out and hang out yep and for me it's just a mental reset in the, in the winters i like to go skiing we go skiing for not all day we're up at we're up at whiteface for 8 30 in the morning and we, we're back in the office by 11 30. we ski for two hours that two hours for me is something I look forward to. It, it, it lets my mind escape. That's the kind of stuff that I need. So from a mental health perspective, like I was getting stressed because I'm like, I'm just, I have too much on my plate and I'm not, not that I'm not liking what I do. It's, I don't like the idea that my mind is feeling stressed because my list of things that needs to get done, it will never be accomplished in a day because I just, I hate not getting the stuff because it's like, but it's stuff that needs to get, get needs to got gotten to needs to be needs to be accomplished and i wasn't getting to stuff and then it would stress me out because i'm like god this is not i'm not doing this good i'm not doing that so that's when i've really started to look at what's my focus and what's not a focus and that not focus has to be dumped or what do i have to do to make sure i can give that away to the certain people and now i got to put that becomes a priority because that's going to allow me to drop this off which will allow me to now put something new into that place which which serves my 20 percent in my goals yes and I've been really, I mean, I'm, the last month, I'll be honest, is probably the only thing I've thought about over a lot of stuff is like how to really re, how to like re-examine my day, my time, my energy, my focus to okay. accomplish my next thing. And that has been 
like this podcast is perfect because you're kind of a shrink right now for me because that number two question yeah. is is like so 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 high on my list right now yeah. well and a thing that's really hard to get down with but that's really really important to reminder especially when you're an individual that thinks long term and clearly your aspirations are a lot about giving mm-hmm. um it's cliche but you can't pour from an empty cup yes there's nothing to pour from an empty cup yeah so any of that time for you yeah i mean it feels maybe it feels like it takes away from other things you could be doing but if you're not doing that you don't have anything to give because you're already on fumes yeah and so you can do the i mean pick your adage you can be you know you can do you know five things 50 percent or you can do, you know, two things, a hundred percent. And to me, that's what that feels like. That's what you said spot on. I have to get more to that 80 to a hundred percent and not a, a, you know, a ton of things at that kind of that middle yes. ground. Yeah. So yes. that's been, that's been probably the biggest struggle, but I would say the answer number two, very long winded. That is what I've been fo- focusing, focusing, focusing. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not a, it, it's, or sorry, figuring. figuring it's not out, figured out. Yeah, it's yeah, figuring yeah. right figuring now. Figuring out, yeah. yeah and, it's definitely not figured and, out. And from an outsider looking in, it's way easier to say it as the outsider looking in but it than actually experiencing it. But it's cool to listen to because it's showing growth. Like there's a it, growing phase going on right now. Yeah. And that's really exciting. It, it Actually, it's funny when you say it's exciting. It's not – I don't – I love the position I'm in. I've worked very hard to get to the position I'm in. Yep. I look at the position that I'm in as a huge opportunity for growth, which does make me excited. The stress level is, okay, I, I know where I want to go. The stress is like a problem. Like I got to figure this out sooner than later because I know physically I'm not, I'm going to be wearing myself down if I don't figure it out. And that's probably where the stress has gone is be that some physical stress, health stress is going to overtake it. And again, it's purely internal, but it's stuff I just have to mentally like figure out. And that's where I've been at. But it, I've, re- which the good thing is, and again, this is me like assessing myself, is that I can recognize that I'm struggling right now, or I can recognize that I have to change some stuff in my life. And I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, but I can recognize like, hey, no, Galen, you got to focus on this because if you don't, you're, you're ready to like, you're going to be in a car, like a, it's not going to be good. And that's stuff that I know I'm trying to get out in front of before it becomes detrimental. Good. Yeah. So it's good. good. It's a good problem to have, and I'm glad I'm aware of it, but it's it's still – it's a challenge. It's my new challenge, and yeah. I'm fine with that. I like it. It's something I do every – like I'm good. working at every day. So good. Yeah. So it's good. All right, which brings us to the last question. What might you never figure out? Um. Something I may never figure out, but part of it is, am I fine with it not figuring it out? I know it kind of sounds weird. Is No, that's what I like. That's the, where I wanted this the, question uh, to go. Yeah, so figuring it out, I don't know if I'll ever figure out how to be non – figure out how to be complacent. I should say complacent, yeah. So what I mean by that is I have a lot of goals and ambition. I don't like – just staying stagnant like if something happened i was like okay you're good right you kind of like you're at that level now in certain things in life like yeah i'm okay if i did that and it's done or i'm okay if i did 
you know, a certain task and it's done and I don't really need to perfect it. We talked about before, like it doesn't have to be perfection, but when I look at myself as a human, as things I want to accomplish and do, I always want to get to that next level. Yeah. It's not, I'm never going to get there, but is there a certain time where I need to just say, you know what? Don't go as, you don't have to go grow, grow, grow. You can just like, you can, you're good. You, you've accomplished a lot. You've done a lot of stuff. Now just chill. So, and I don't know if I'll ever figure out how to just chill, nor okay. do I really know if I want to just chill because I do okay. like the idea of growth. Oh, but it good. does add a lot of self-inflicted responsibility and, and stress and yes. tasks to do. Well, because I was going to say, instead of complacent, it's things like satisfied. Satisfied is a better and word. Yeah, satisfied. just chill comes out. Because, I mean, you sound like it'd be a bit of a disaster to be on vacation with. I'm not How do you good. vacation? Not well. I'm not a good vacationer. Yeah, I, I, I like, like, if you were to say, this, there's two kind of vacations in my eyes. It's okay. go to a, like, we go to Florida every year. Going to Florida, sitting down, like, sitting by a pool or sitting at, like, a beach. Yes. And, like, relaxing. Yes. Is not fun to me. Oh, God. Like, sitting on a, if someone said, go sit on a beach right now. And just sit there. You don't have to do anything. Listen to music and just sit there and let the sun beat on you. No. I would much rather be in here. Give me what? Do you want to sit out for four hours? I'd rather work for four hours. That's not enjoyable to me. So I don't look at that as a vacation. I go. My wife loves doing it. My kids do it. I do it purely for them. I have no – there's a lot of other things I'd rather do than go sit by a pool or sit by a beach. You know, with the kids, it's – I like spending time with the kids. Yes. So if the kids are swimming, I want to be with the kids swimming. I personally would not choose to sit by a pool and just relax. It's not enjoyable to me. What I would do for a vacation for me, and I know this sounds weird, is I would much rather go do something that's um, maybe a sporting event or I'd much rather go, like I, I went to a lot of golf majors as a kid, like the PGA is getting ready to start. I would love to go to the PGA for four rounds and watch golfers because it, it's entertaining to me, but it's something I enjoy. I would much rather go to a business seminar for four or five days. I was just going to say. If I'm learning something. I was just saying, you know where this is headed? This is headed to a real estate convention as a vacation. Well, it could be, but it could be a real estate convention. It could be a business seminar. It could, be a, it could be a network of marketing Absolutely. people. It could be masterminding. Yes. That to me is something that I find fun. So to me, if it's a vacation, would be something I would want to enjoy. It's not, vacation doesn't mean get away from work if I enjoy work. Mm. Sometimes sitting still for me is not enjoyable. Like I, I'm not a good just like sit down and just do nothing. Now, granted, there's some days where I do want to sit down because my mind is just overflown. But yeah. to sit there for four, five, six days, like if I if we go to Florida for a week or two, dude, it's – when people say, well, you should go take a break or do that, I'm like, no. Well, take a, like taking a break from clients calling me or taking a break from putting out fires and work, yeah, that would be nice in certain aspects. But um, just not doing work bothers me because i like i like working you know and I, know, I know it sounds weird like that's that's no. enjoyable to me like golf's enjoyable to me like if you said hey would you go for a golf trip with a bunch of guys that would be a vacation to me because i'm doing something that i enjoy going just sitting not enjoyable to me like, right like going sitting down at a beach or in the heat or just sitting down just because you're supposed to relax and you're supposed to just sit like that's right if i don't enjoy it's it not then to me, it's not a vacation yeah well some people are built that way as well that's just how some people are it's they're a, just programmed more in that way do you mean to sit and relax? No, no, no. Well, yes, but oh. also like you. Yeah, I think people just have that built more in them. Like but I, I don't mind, I don't mind the sit. You can, yeah. I don't mind the sit, the relax. 
feel the sun. I mean, me, I get hot real quick. So I got to mm -hmm. like get up and take a dip. I yeah. can't do, I can't do what my, uh, you know, lovely wife and the women in my in-laws family can do and just, just bake like and sit. Bake. Yeah. I mean, that's my wife. Too. I mean, bake on 450 for whatever amount of time, yep. like slow cooker crock pot. I don't have that in me, but I definitely have the just unplug. Yeah. I definitely have that in me. That might be figuring it out or we'll never figure it out. It's, it's tough for me. That's mm. on unplugging. I love unplugging. I would, one, one of my things I love is we usually go to um, Fern Lake for around the 4th of July. And I typically get to my friend's parents' place and that we kind of all camp out there. I get there, I shut my phone off, I put my phone in my bag and I pull it out three to four days later. And that does not bother me. I mean, like I can, un I can physically unplug. That's awesome. And that allows me to hang out with friends and That's stuff, good. That's but I'm healthy. not sitting at the beach. Like if I'm sitting there and we're having drinks or smoking cigars around the fire or going boating and like going tubing and hanging out with the kids and doing stuff like that's fun to me. I guess just sitting still, I like action. I like there, okay, that's So I maybe yeah. that's a better thing is I like yeah. movement. So, yeah, so the, the unplug is possible and it is something you do. I, I, I'll be honest, selfishly, I wish on weekends I could turn my phone off at, on the evening and turn it on Monday. Huh. Like, like just completely disconnect. I'm not to the point yet business-wise where I can because, I mean, I get calls – 365 days a year or I get texts or emails or inquiries or something, which is fine. I, I work to get to that level. So I'm not yeah. belittling it, but that kind of stuff, which I worked so hard to get to that level. Now I realize like I've maxed my capacity. Now I have to start delegating that to other people to yes. let them build their business. Yes. And then I have to step into the next, my next level. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got to start. So that way the other people can also start building trust in whomever it is you're delegating something to yes so and that way it's that way it is increasingly kavanaugh and not necessarily well, just an individual's name the, and the one thing that i've worked 10 like 10 years for 11 years is to be so in demand that everybody wants to use now i say everybody but like more it than i can that way. more than i can handle want yeah. to use me it's a great and, problem yes and but the thing is i knew that day would come based on the trajectory that I set for myself. I'm like, I'm going to get to that level, but I'm doing it because I want to bring other agents on to give them an easier intro to real estate. So they succeed. And that overflow, what I can handle then goes down to them. Meaning yes. I've built up from a standpoint of, um, kind of like in a, in a real estate business term, like a rainmaker, like I'm making opportunity for other people, which is good. And then I can step away, step out and work on even bigger projects to affect those people and others in a greater capacity but that's going to be something I can leave to those agents. So I don't want people to say, hey, I can't reach out to Galen. You can certainly reach out to me. I want to make sure that I can then put an agent that is able to do what I can do and able to put the time into you so they can go 100% and not yeah. me trying to scramble and do everything yeah. and let things fall through well, the cracks. So the so what's remaining the same is that you're still a resource to people. The yes, change is how I'm a resource to you. Correct. So before I was your end all be all. Mm -hmm. You had it. I got you. Mm -hmm. I'll do, I'll do it all. Now your resource is much more as a facilitator. It's facilitator and also putting people in position. So instead of me being a jack of all trades and doing everything, people that are better than me can then help you. Like 
If I get people that are better at something than me, so this is like the idea of hiring and delegating. Yes. If I can have somebody that's better than me, I would much rather have that as a resource within our company so they can assist you in a better, larger capacity than what I could ever do. Yeah. But I'm really good at answering a lot of things. I'm really good at certain things. Those you can still, 100%, I'll still be on board. I'm still going to be, you know, if people call me about buying homes, I will talk to you and give you all the information you need about buying a home. I just might not be able to run out and show you a bunch of houses because of my time. But I'm going to make sure an agent can do that for you that is going to be able to do that 100% and can have the flexibility for all the showings. So I don't want to punt people off and say, hey, can't show you a property. I want to say, hey, listen, we're going to help you out. And we're making a lot of resources to be flexible for your schedule. And that to me is adding like an extra layer that I knew would happen eventually. Right now is that I've built up to this point and now it's just like, okay, now it's happening. Now I got to work and figure it out and then say, you know what? Okay, now we have it unlocked. Now I can step away and then build the next mm -hmm. level of the company, which is what I've been working towards. But now that it's actually happening at a fast clip, now it's like, okay, like rubber's meeting the road right now. Now you got to step up and do what you wanted to do. And that's, and I'm doing it. It's just, it's a learning curve. I'm not good at it. It's something that I'm struggling at. And it's something that I've been asking a lot of people about. Like I've been asking, uh, you know, a lot of business mentors, a lot of people that I know are in position, a lot of people that I hold like a very high, uh, I value their opinion. Um, it, you know, their, your, their opinion is very, um, you know, is, is a resource that I, I, I want to hear and um, learning from it and getting, you know, different viewpoints and different people kind of giving me their two cents and saying, okay, let me grab what I can and run with it and grow. Because um, again, you got you to gotta know where you're limited. I'm limited in the subject. So like to me, it's like, we talked about faking till you make it. I'm not going to fake it till I make it. Like I want people to help me make it. And that's, yes. um, and that's the power. And that's something that when you talk about what do I have figured out, I, I love using people as resources. I love using people that know more than me because I want to be a sponge on the wall. And that's when, when, like, when I do my podcast, like I want to learn from people that I think can bring me value selfishly. Like I think other people can get value for it for sure, but it's people I want to talk to and I can talk to them pick their brains, ask them questions, oh, yeah. gather any kind of intel that I can get because I always want to get better. And it's like, hey, if I can bring on, you know, I, yesterday I had Danny King on. Danny is the uh, business development manager at TDC. She's, I think, a couple years younger than me. That girl is a smart, she's, she knows her a stuff. And it's, all, and it's all business development. And I, yes. I told her, I'm like, you know way more about this. This is something I want to learn and something I want to get, especially in my grand plan I need to have a good understanding of not necessarily do I have to do it but I need an understanding of it yeah. and here's a girl that does it day in and day out is a, is a subject expert in that and I'm like like I want to pick your brain I want to learn what you know because she knows a lot more than I do about it and it's you know use that as a resource and I think that's something that I'm very comfortable doing is stepping back and saying let me find people that are much smarter or are where I want to go and let me just build a relationship with them and pick their brain and you know obviously try to bring them value if I can um, but a lot of it is I, I have to, um, search these people out because I know they're, they know something I don't, and I yes. want to learn it. Yes. Yeah. And being comfortable doing that. I'm, I'm, Which is everything. Yeah. and that, and that's what I'm so okay. And that's what I'm so interested in now. Mm -hmm. Again, going back to that acting type mm -hmm. thing, right? Where you're just acting a certain way. Yeah. Now I love asking the next question. Mm -hmm. And there's not a concern about how the question will come out because I just straight up don't know it. And it's not necessarily my fault or anyone's fault. It's just, hey, listen, I, I, so wait, question. Say that again? Mm -hmm. We're working on what? Well, what does that mean? You, you well, know, how does that look? You know when you were a kid in school and someone did a presentation 
And like, does anybody have any questions? Everybody's got questions, but nobody wants to raise their hand because they don't want to be like someone to say, yes. like, oh my God, you didn't know that or you didn't yes. you didn't gather that from the conversation. Yeah. Human nature, I did it. I was one of those kids, I was like, I kind of do have a question on something, but I'm not going to raise my hand because then everybody's going to think I'm like, you know, I don't know what I'm talking yeah. about or I'm like not smart. And now it's to the point where if someone says something like a question, can you like, you might say, well, that was kind of an easy subject. I really don't know about that. Can you break it down a little yeah. bit for me? And, and for someone to sit there and be like, yeah, yeah. And they give it to you. They don't care. And I'm like, you know what? You got to have the, uh, uh, what's it called? The um, lack of ego, I guess, to, you know, I, I don't believe I have an ego. Maybe people think I do. I think a lot of my, you know, I think if you project yourself on sometimes on social media and put yourself out there, people think like, oh, this guy just wants to see his name in lights. I'm like, that's not, that's as far from the truth as possible. I, I do it from a branding standpoint because it helps bring me business and it helps make connections and, and um, push myself out there. But from a, like, I have a very little ego when it comes to stuff. Like I'm sitting there trying to like myself is Galen versus Galen every day. And it's like, how can I get better than I was and how can I figure out a way to grow? And that's, you know, if it means asking questions and it means saying, Hey, I don't know something you do. Can you give me that information? Having the humility to do that. I think a lot of people don't do that. And I think a lot of people want to appear like they know everything. I know very little. I know a lot about certain subjects. I know very little about a majority of things in the world. And to me, it's if I need to learn it, Google, YouTube, asking questions. I, you know, you, you have to, you know, I think you have to go where people know the information and be okay asking and don't feel that you're a lesser person because I don't know something. Insurance, I don't know insurance. I'm going to ask you, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's something that, I'm going to completely like why sit there and like try to fake it or try to sit there and smash my head against the, the Google pages and try to figure something out when I can just ask you. Yes. It's quicker. And get a human response plus. And you'll know all you, the nuances. You want to give someone a major tire pump? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and stroke your ego, I guess, if you're like. Ask oh, them no. a question. Hey, um, I wanted to pick your brain about something. Mm-hmm. Oh. Come on now. That's going to feel so good for the other person. Yeah. Like there should be no awkward. It's like validation that you're an expert. Exactly. Yeah. Like, hey, listen, I ran across a situation. I wanted to run it by you. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, something's been going through my mind. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. Like that's going to bother no one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's in, unless you're like inherently annoying as a human. But I doubt that's the case. I hope not. If I am, so, please no, tell no, me. I, I mean, mean, not you, but either. people, please tell just, me. Yeah. J- just, just that they're, but yeah, again, I mean like a major compliment and someone is to me a big, big compliment is asking their opinion on something. Yeah. And genuinely not just because you feel you should. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what you might not ever figure out. How to be, f- hmm. how to be yeah. satisfied. Yeah. We'll call it that. But in your position where you want to go and your long-term goals and your 150 year goals, apparently you're going to live longer than a turtle. Um, than sea a giant turtle. sea turtle. I, I always look at the way modern medicine's going. Like someone like, Elon Musk is going to just like figure out how to live. Do you think? Yeah. Cause this is something I, I've wondered I, about. I think that majority of people by the time we're old enough, will a hundred will be 80. Yeah. I really, yeah. Okay. Cause that's what I, cause like, I, I think we're going to start to see people that are going to live to like 120, 130. Okay. Cause I've wondered about aliens and I've wondered about life expectancy because life expectancy is uh, something that's really about 75 right now. Maybe I can't remember. It's one thing for men and one thing for women and yeah. women on average live a couple years longer. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's really interesting to me is looking at it from two perspectives and that yes, on the humanity level would love it for your loved ones to live longer. Cause you get more time with them. Mm-hmm. At the same scale, like there is the biology, and it's a little morbid, so sorry, but there is the biology of population control. 
Mm-hmm. And like if the is it population is already growing, how are we going to have all these 130 year olds walking around? So and where do they go? Think about, and I haven't looked at this, but this is something. Actually, it's kind of, I haven't finished the book, but I think the book, I have it on my bookshelf somewhere behind me. Killer bookshelf, by the way. You like that? For those yes. you listening, I mean, we've got everything from office signs to Tony Robbins to the 1997 Masters, which AKA is when Tiger Woods shocked the world. Um, we've Classic. just got it all. Um, Start with why Simon Sinek. Where? I'm trying to find the book. It's up. Oh, Inferno. Dan Brown Inferno, I think actually brings it up about um, overpopulation. Yeah. And trying to like. I haven't finished the book, so I might, like I said, I'm kind of speaking as what it, like the first 150 pages. Oh, there it is. Okay. Way up top. Yeah. Above Monopoly. It's a thick book. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, actually it's funny. I started book. reading that in 2006, uh, 16 or 17. I've never finished it. So I got to get back on it. But I'd say that must not have been in your five year goals. No, no, I actually enjoyed a lot of the books, but like <laughs> certain things have been punted for my life and I used to like to read a lot, but I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't make time for it as much as I should. Um, the, uh, Overpopulation. Think about when we were born. We were, I was born in '89. You were soon after that. Like, if you look at what the world population was back then to where it is now, is it doubled? Is it wasn't it like five billion? And now we're over. Sure. I think we're over eight billion right now. That that's the wild thing to me. And I know that people still talk about how you know, like this generation is having less kids and having kids later. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's a lot more. And again, this is half speaking out of my ass, but this is just my observation is that that's largely domestic. That's largely in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So you'd see that. I'm still guessing. I mean, you still see this rampant increase in population in a spot like India has a, a million bajillion people there. Same with, you know, like your China. So then if now we have, again, like I said, all these 140-year-olds rocking and rolling around. I mean, what's going to happen to the villages? Think about golf communities. Mm-hmm. Huh. The villages is going to be its own state at some point. That's what I mean. It's going to be its the, own state. We're going to have to come up with a whole other set of tees. The, uh, right? Like it, 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 we're going to have to have the hundred plus senior, year old tees. The hundred plus. The, uh, <laughs> the, I, I think, I think the over, and I don't know the numbers on this. I just think that everything compoundly gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So if you have 6 billion people in the world, however many, decide to have children even if it's less than past generations the number of people that there's more people even though they're only having one kid or two kids and then we're having five or six kids like the farm families we know growing up it's like or more you start looking at it as because there's more people now at some point will it self-regulate maybe obviously the other thing you got to look at too how many places in the world are considered untouched and everything else still i mean how many you know if you really look at how many people and how like just go out in the woods like where we are, we live in a rural That's area. The thing, I love how, the woods. But how many, how many like acres and acres or miles is oh, there yeah. nobody? So I mean, obviously, we don't want the whole like. Again, we've been in a, we've been watching or this past year we watched the Lorax a few times. So they talk about like deforestation and stuff like that. But like you take like the like the, almost like the Lorax, a Dr. Seuss Lorax book. Like, is there a certain point where all the trees get cut down and there's no there's no green, there's no vegetation? Now obviously there's a long ways to go before that. But yeah. when you talk about future generations and i mean you know we talk about the united states was uh, discovered in what the 14 1500s and it wasn't even colonized until like you know what the 1600s when you talk correct like, like i mean like like european colonization yeah like relatively speaking that's an absolute infant. and now we're at what 330 million people in the country you know what i mean so like you start putting that in perspective like yeah there's 
400 years, 300 years, or yeah, 400 years that we've gone from, you know, a few thousand maybe of Native Americans and everything else to boom, now you have 330 million people in a country that, you know, obviously wasn't the, wasn't Europe, wasn't Africa, wasn't like the Asia, wasn't like the main continental countries that, you know, where they had to migrate to these places so or, or sail. So then you kind of look at that as, I mean, it's not going to be a problem you and I are ever going to experience in our lives, but it's just kind of like for the future, it's like, man, if we've already gone from five or six billion people to now we're like eight or nine billion in our lifetime, which is 30 years, I would, when we, like, whatever, if we live to 100, what is that number going to be? Are we going to look at and say, shit, there's 30 billion people in the world right now? Could be. So that means for every one person of me, they're, you know, to add on two, two and a half, three more people to, for every person. Here's That's me, and so there's three other people, and there are you, and there's three other people, and there's anybody else you see plus three other people, and it's like, holy crap, that's a lot of people. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's be, maybe it will be sustainable. Um, I think a lot of what Elon's talking about of making the the world a more sustainable place. I think it's for that. It's kind of the foresight of like, we're not gonna. This is gonna. This will run out at a certain point, and we got to yeah. be able to adapt and change and evolve. And we will. I mean, I think humans are a very resilient culture. You know what I mean? Or a culture, but uh. uh um, creatures, you know, and, you know, just from where we were before, and I know people like good or bad, but it's like, when you really start to look at it overall, I don't know. I think, I don't think, again, it's going to be anything we have to worry about, but I think at some point in time, it's going to be like, Oh, well, there's, a, there's probably a few too many people. Yes. Unless it self-regulates. And it, well, and it's one of those things where anytime you get into the future with this, you have to say things that are crazy. So like hearing the word 30 billion people sounds ridiculous. It sounds like a Fugazi number, but at the same time, anytime there's a big monumental shift, mm -hmm. whoever was saying it was saying something off the charts, like saying the sun is the center of the universe. Yeah. You're a mental People got killed for that. You're a mental patient. Yeah. Like th that is impossible. No way. So that's why I always take things like colonizing Mars with a grain of salt from not being cynical about it because to me, dude, this is so it, off the, like, no way. This is the, like, how? Well, every single time there's been a major scientific advance, someone would say, well, how? Mm -hmm. So one, when I said 30 billion, I was actually like legitimately going in my head of what it could be. And it might yeah. even be higher than that. Right. And now that wasn't even me just making up a, like a funny number. I was like, no, that actually might be legitimate. legitimate. But the funny thing was, Elon, when he talked about Mars, he's talked about colonizing other planets. He basically said you can colonize the entire universe, but we have to go to Mars first. And then you kind of look at it like, wait, Mars, okay, so you're going to colonize Jupiter? You're going to colonize Mercury? You're going to colonize all these places? Right. There's people that are smart enough to figure it out, I guess, or will at some point. They'll, they'll adapt and learn it, but um, it, it's... It's crazy when you hear people like that say stuff and like when like I look at Elon, it's just like a very progressive thinker and like I, I think it's gonna go down as you know, obviously we like he's the same as Galileo or the same as um, Leonardo da Vinci. You're like, no he's not, he's this guy on Twitter and he's on Saturday Night Live. That way. But but when you look in historically, when you look back at him, he's gonna have that impact. And yeah. I think because again, I think we've we've uh, romanticized these these philosophers back in the day that were brilliant people at the time were brilliant people. Take Leonardo da Vinci and put him now. Like, how would he be now with the skill set? I'm sure he's a very smart man and stuff like that, but then when you start to really look at it is, 
it's almost like folklore, like these stories. And they obviously invented a lot of stuff, yeah. but Edison invented a lot of stuff. You know, um, you know, Nikola Tesla invented a lot of stuff. And you start going through all these people that are having impacts. It's kind of like, well, Elon lives now, so he's just he's a regular guy. I see him on, a, he just hosts it Saturday Night Live. Right. How, how, you know, it's like, well, I'm sure Da Vinci would have hosted Saturday Night Live had they had it back oh, in the day. Oh, it was a thing like a, like a Da Vinci, no doubt in my mind, would have been all over. He would have been on Twitter. Joe Rogan's podcast. Like, but he we would looked, have been all over Twitter, too. Yeah, and we looked at that stuff now because, like, back, like, we, we again, I think we, we romanticize these people as they're these beyond, like, they're, they're these mythical creatures. I'm like, well, no, he was a dude. He, he probably stood, I don't know, five foot six, you know, whatever he was at the time, smart dude, did, you know, yep. wrote in Latin, made some pictures and stuff. And, um, and at the time that was like cool, but now at the time everything is more digitized and more it's, it's digital. It, it's uh, you know, Elon Musk talking about sending things out to Mars is like, wow, well, the Wright brothers came up with a plane. You know, I mean, oh yeah, there's another one, a plane. There's yeah. like a plane. You can't yeah. put a thing up in the sky. Yeah. And now, now Elon's like, hold my beer, we're gonna go to Mars. And it's like, but at the time, that was 100 years ago, 120 years ago. It's like how far we've come in a short a blink of an eye in the, in the history of the world where I think that guys like Elon today go 400 years from now you're going to look at someone and be like oh, Elon Musk he's going to be in every history book and you're going to get these other people that are going to be similar you know and and who may not like them like someone like a Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates or whatever and Jeff Bezos people shit on them because they're business owners and they have thoughts and opinions and everything and people don't agree with them because they're, they're so micro analyze, you know what I mean? People are like looking at all everything they oh, do. Yes. Um, they're under a microscope. But when you look at them in the broad sense, like, wow, they even though they're like, well, Facebook's dumb, I'm like, well no, Facebook connected the world. You know what I mean? Like you can you can get mad at it, but like here's this kid in the dormitory that came up with a social media site that I get it, yeah, people want to complain about their meal or complain about what someone said. But take all the good about it. I'm now able to see cousins and see photos of my cousin's kids and see my aunts and uncles that I haven't seen in years. But I feel that if I see them, I know exactly what they're doing in life. There's a connectivity that we get. FaceTime. Yes. I get to call somebody across the world and talk to them and see their face on my phone yeah. for free whenever I want. I mean, I'm still from the time period. I remember calling people like in Europe. Like you had to spend a ton of money to call someone in Europe. Now it's just like, hey, I'm going to yeah. Zoom you. Jump on. In the most banana lands, like thing you had to dial on the phone to do. Did you oh. a card with you? Yeah, that was, was like a 20 plus, digit nine, number. One, two, three. Yeah. And you had to wait and then reconnected. And how people before that had to call a damn operator. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that wasn't that Did, long ago. There, up in Champlain at the Samuel de Champlain History Museum, there is a thing from the Champlain Telephone Company. So this isn't that long ago either, mm -hmm. where you would call and then a human being would take a wire to connect. Yeah. Person you wanted to talk to. It wasn't back in the day, like party lines when everybody could hear what everyone was saying. And then that yeah. wasn't lot, that long ago either. And now, like you said, I can hop on and I can FaceTime, you know, my buddy Gobi from Georgia. When I was in high school, I could barely take a photo on my phone. Mm. I could. Now, if I said that to someone 10 years younger, I've never even had phones. I had a phone. Exactly. Like, I think I used my phone. No, but I think I text my senior year, and it was like you only had so many texts you could use, and it was like you take a phone. It was like like when I could take photos on my phone, yeah. like oh my god, this is amazing. They look amazing shit. You never see it. But like now I look at pictures on the phone. Like I was up in Saranac Lake the other day. I did a panoramic view. I can zoom in on a panoramic view and see every little piece of bark on a tree. The portrait mode. I use it all the time. Yeah. Takes like standing photos. Photos that. 
stuff that you would have had to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to replicate, yeah. I can do on a phone that costs a thousand dollars. Plus, I can do everything else you need to do. Like, it's it, it's absolutely crazy. It's mind blowing. It's like we talk about Swiss Army knife. You have it in your pocket every single day. Like, it has what you need. You didn't need. You didn't know something back in the day as a kid. Like, oh man, I gotta ask somebody. What What do you think? What's the answer to this? Like, I'm gonna ask Google. It's on your phone. Like literally, if someone asked me a question, like, how do you do this? I'm like, Google it. Like I can give you, maybe I can tell you quicker, but I mean, just Google YouTube. I mean, I, I Google and YouTube stuff every single, I would say almost every single day of the week, I'm Googling or YouTubing something to learn something every single day about anything. Yes. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, I'm excited for the future. I guess like I, I I embrace all the change like I think it's cool I think evolution's cool I think learning new things is cool I think all the stuff that um, we're going to experience even though we've experienced a ton up to this point what we're going to continue to experience is going to be insane the other thing too is I mean I'm 30 years old so my entire life so basically hopefully I'm about a third to you know a quarter of the way through my life is that I've only really lived like as an adult, like with an adult mindset for five or six years. And you know, and I, and I say that is because yes. even when you're in college and stuff, I still had a young mindset. I mean, your brain doesn't fully develop until you're 25. So when you think about six years to fully develop brain and stuff that I can think and perspective and things I can do, and it's like adulthood, um, it's not this question of the day, would you rather be an adult or would you rather be a kid? Like, I would take adult. Kids are fine. But what's the limitation of a kid? You don't have full control of everything. Well, that you, you have no responsibilities, so but you don't get to call the shots. I love that question. I really love that question because I think I'm finally to the point where I'm really close to the point where I would pick adult. Mm-hmm. I would like, pick, I would pick adult every single up, day. Of the week. Up until very recently, I probably would have picked a kid. But that's because again, like really coming into my own, especially no word of lie, like the last year. You would have rather be an adult versus a kid. No, uh, probably a year and a half ago, I still would have picked a kid. Yeah, okay. This last year, from last February to present, um, have done the most amount of growing. I've grown more in the last 14 months than I have the previous 28 years. No doubt. And that was a lot of concerted effort into it. So you think you'd switch to Now adult. I would pick adult because of everything that comes with it. The good and yes, the bad, but like the quality of relationship that I have with my wife. Like, I, you don't have the capacity for that yet. I think there's more responsibility, there's more like stress, there's everything as an adult, but the amount of good always overtakes it. As a kid, you don't get as much of that. You can do whatever you want. As simple as I can drive anywhere and get anything I want to eat right now without asking anything. I can go anywhere, I mean, I, I say that loosely, like, obviously, if I'm going someplace, I have my wife and kids, it's just responsibility, but if I was to say right now, what do you want to do? I want to go get a coffee from Starbucks. I can get in my car, drive, I don't have to say, Mom, Dad, can I get it? Can you buy it? Can I, I can do have it? ice cream for the next two weeks straight. Yeah, I literally texted my wife today. I said, I want to bring the kids out to get ice cream tonight. Like, I just, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like going home, I'm trying to move some stuff up in my yeah. day. I love Because I want to go out, and, I, and I'm like, honestly, if I don't eat dinner at that point, I'm eating ice cream with my kids because I just want to go out and eat all I love it. I took right after daycare yesterday. I stopped. We stopped immediately at ice cream. Me and the boys. Got to stop. All right, cool. Today's ice cream day. Why not? <laughs> Who said so? Dad did. I don't know. Yeah. I felt like it. But you called the shot as an adult. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, as an adult, 
I, I think as anything else, I love being a kid. I get I get more satisfaction now providing for my kids than I think I ever would experience as a, as a kid. You get it as a kid, you, you experience it, you like it, but it's kind of like I think a lot of humans you get more satisfaction out of giving or providing for someone else yes. than we do in return. And I think at the end of the day, yes, humans can be selfish, but I think most of them are selfless. Like they want to give yes. more than they want to receive. It's kind of the idea of giving Christmas gifts. I would much rather give a gift than see someone's reaction to give a gift to someone. It might be something I want, like, oh my god, that's awesome, but I know deep down my satisfaction of giving a gift to my kid or my wife or my friend is going to make me more excited because I want to see them open it and I want to see their excitement and versus me getting something in return and being like, even if I was very excited, that's short-lived versus I think the satisfaction to get the opposite way. And I think giving a kid, taking the kid out for it, like, I know is going to make their night really fun, as it will I. But I get to call that shot versus, hey, we'll just, just have dinner and hang out and just play around the living room like anything. I, you know, like, I don't know. Nice day out today. I'm feeling yes. like feeling good. I want to go out and like hang out with the kids. And it's like, yeah. My wife was like, yeah, awesome. So that's sweet tooth. So, um, well, so that is figuring out a whole lot of things business. What Galen's figured out what he's figuring out, what he might not ever figure out. But then you got the major bonus. You got to hear about, you know, potentially what it's gonna be like, not only picking what nursing home you put your parents in, but what planet that nursing home is gonna be on. Thanks a bunch. <laughs> Thanks a bunch. I appreciate it. Let's figure it out.